Marketing Made Easy, the podcast. Now here are your hosts from Get Savvy Club, Anna Geary and Anita Baldwin. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Marketing Made Easy from the Get Savvy Club. Anna Geary here and today is a guest episode where Anita and I get to speak to the lovely Andrew Cohen Ray. So I met Andrew uh, over on TikTok, funnily enough. So he's a racing driver, but he's also um, a mental performance specialist, which is hard to kind of get your head around. But ultimately, although he doesn't like the word coach, I'm going to use it here. He coaches um, essentially athletes, anything from the neck upwards, I guess. So all around the brain, the head. So it's not about physically. He doesn't physically train them, but he mentally trains them, which I think is actually just as important, if not more important than physically uh, training when you're trying to get ready for these types of events. So one of his biggest clients that he works with is McLaren in the F1 space. Um, But then it's not just the elite elite athletes that he works with. He can help up and coming athletes. And I think he gets a lot from that as well. So interesting guy, actually. So and really interesting random backstory, too. So let's get into it. If you're enjoying Marketing Made Easy, the podcast from Get Savvy Club, use your podcast app to rate, review and subscribe. So I'm a mental performance scientist. I basically work with the bit above the shoulders is what I'm interested in. So, um, yeah, so predominantly with athletes, with racing drivers, uh, business people. I work with anybody in any sport really or any kind of walk of life because it's um, the sport is actually irrelevant to what I do. It's about how the human being works and ticks and operates and functions that I'm interested in. So, you know, from I can't drive a Formula One car, but I can help those guys and girls. I can, you know, in some businesses, I've worked in some crazy industries like local housing authorities and chief inspectors within a police force and a whole myriad of weird and wonderful walks of life. But that's completely irrelevant. It's about how the the human beings work and operate and how I can bring them together to make them quicker, faster, think better, make better decisions. How did you get into that then? I had quite a complex mental health background. Um, I say complex. Um, it's normal to me, but um, to others, it's quite extreme. Um, but I was I was in the police force for a few years and then um, dealt with a lot of um, very nasty, very horrible jobs, as you do. And um, as a result of some PTSD issues I was having, I actually lost 30 years of memory. So oh back God. in 2000, yes, the reaction I normally get, yeah. Um, so, yeah, in 2007, um, I lost 30 years of memory. Well, everything. Right. You didn't remember the people yep. around. Oh, my yep. God. Nothing you can remember all. to go to toilet and stuff like that, but just. Yeah, because that's you like, if you're over 30. Yeah. That's previous memory, isn't it? But. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's, a, well, it's more of a muscle memory, really, when a, yeah. it's like a, a different cognitive process. But yeah, you didn't so know who anyone that. was, did you? Yeah, so I was sort of married at the time. My daughter was six months old. Um, you know, friends, family, brother, mum, the lot just didn't recall or remember anything. My job, my name. So that was all long-term memory. If you met them again and they told you who they were, you remembered that the next day. No, therein lies the problem. So for two years, 2007 to 2009, I had um, the the condition was called dissociative amnesia. So I kind of dissociated from all the crap by forgetting about it. It's probably the best way of explaining it. Um, and the amnesia was so severe that for two years, uh, 2009 to sort of near the end of sorry, 2007 to 2009, um, I lived with a 24, 48-hour memory. So I had a very um, a very short, short-term memory as well as no long-term memory. So that was really, really hard work. Um, so I would see you guys today on, what we, Monday, 1 o'clock. Um, you know, I'd see you guys today and then Wednesday, I wouldn't have a clue. You know, if I saw you or, yeah. you know, spoke to you, I just wouldn't be able to retain it or remember hard it. Hard work for you, but hard work for the people around you as well, I imagine. 
cost me my marriage ultimately and a lot of friends and you know it's really really hard work um but it was harder for them because i i was i didn't know any different so um i always say if you've ever watched the movie 50 first dates it's it's like that Mm. um it's very much i said i would do but you know what i would think if that happened to me like how my brain works i think i would think like okay right so this is some kind of aliens have taken over me or these people are joking me that you know just to all of a sudden be told right okay this is actually your life that's your mom that's your you know like i'd i don't know I'd be but you wouldn't think that would you because you'd be aware that you don't know who your mom is and all of that so how do you know yeah. what aliens were how do you know exactly. what a prank was how do you know what a joke was it's a know. it's a real steep learning curve i feel um, i'd but- retain that alien information you'd hope so so yeah, how so. how did you come <laughs> out of that so basically what happened is in in 2009 i just started to remember um i just started to be able to retain memory which was good so i still don't have 30 years even to this day i'm now how old am i 44 with um let's say 12 years of memory um <laughs> give or take a bit um so yes i still don't have that long term i still don't have the childhood the growing up the whatever 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 um and yeah just i think what had happened is that the kind of my brain had calmed down the trauma had calmed down and it just allowed me to retain memories again um and i I realize i've still not answered your first question of how i've got into it but um, (laughs) this part of the process yeah so kind of losing that memory then um yeah so 2009 sort of sort of started working again and getting back on my feet and doing what i could do um Ended up at Heathrow Airport working there, which was really, really cool. Predominantly driving work, sort of, um, I was doing VIP royalty driving. So I was moving VIP celebrities, royal family members around the airfield. Um, and then late uh, 2009, um, sorry, 2012, uh, 30th of November, my brother took his own life through suicide. So he decided mm. that um, he didn't want to be here anymore um, and took his own life, which was really hard. Mm. Um, so that's how I got into it, really, because... Um, the trauma of, of losing my brother and and the thing you've got to remember is that I've only known my brother from 2009 to 2012 because I don't have the 30 years. Mm. So kind of having that um, only limited memory of him and sort of what we got up to as adults and stuff was really, really hard work. But knowing you've, you you should know somebody for mm. those 40 years almost or 30 yeah. years, whatever it is, um, is really, really, it's a bit of a head mess. Um, yeah. And that caused me to have uh, something called a non-organic stroke so again it's just my body's way of shutting down again Andrew just sit down and sort your crap out basically so I kind of had a full left side um, stroke but there was no blood clot associated to it so it's kind of like your body just going look you just need to sit down and stop running around Um, and that meant I couldn't drive at the time um, while they were trying to work out what it was so um, so because they couldn't fire me from my job because it wasn't my fault and <laughs> be a bit um, unethical, um, they put me onto a continuous improvement team on a process improvement team. So they sent me away and taught me a load of science about how people tick and operate and processes and making things quicker, faster, cheaper, more efficient, a load of this stuff. And all throughout those courses, I was going, I should be doing this in the athletics world. You know, I've done, I've competed at a very good level for many, many years. And that's kind of where my my home is and my family is i guess is in the athletics world so I sort what did of, you compete in everything really um sort of 110 hurdles 400 hurdles steeplechase um oh. uh, been to world championships i've won sort of lots of national titles um so yeah wow. not, not done too bad for a, for an old man but um it was good fun i saw i had a good 20 23 well I've probably been running 28 years now i think um so a long old time um 
yes, I just thought, so what I do is I'll take all this learning that Heathrow have kind of given me and I'll set myself up in business and created Athlete in Mind nearly six, seven years ago. And I'm totally unemployable now, so it's all good. I couldn't go back to working for somebody or being told to be in at nine o'clock in the morning or anything like that. So yeah. it's all good. Managing my own diary is lovely. Yeah, it's much better, isn't it? Being in control. Totally. Of the time. God. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Couldn't do cool stuff like this. I've got to go to work, so I can't call yeah. you. Gosh, be awful, <laughs> wouldn't I? Or ask, ask if you could have your dinner break at that time. Yes. Crazy I, like I that. Imagine that, yeah. <laughs> it's oh. just sounds so weird, doesn't it, now when you say that? So, yeah. so who is like your ideal client? Who do you love to work with? Who's like your favorite? I like, um, I like Joe Jogger. There's, there's a lot of talk about Joe Jogger. No idea if she's male or female. Um, but I, I, I like working with people that have um, everyday everyday stuff going on that's really easily fixed. Because people think my world is very elite-based. People think that, you know, don't get me wrong, I, I work with Olympic-level athletes, Formula 1 drivers and that, but it's, um, it's, it's human being performance. So they're no different to you and I. So the way I look at it is that... Um, the, the same work I do with those guys and girls is no different to how I work. I was working with a 10-year-old tennis player yesterday, and I'm oh. given exactly the same tools, and just everything is the same. So people think it's very, very elite. It's that 1%, and, it's, and it totally isn't. Um, so, so working with normal people on with normal problems as such, like confidence, anxiety, stress, nervousness before they compete and stuff like that, makes such a fundamental difference to their performance. And you see... You just see such a, I don't know, they just really get it, really enjoy it. And you see them just just kind of thrive. And it's just, it's lovely to see. It's so rewarding. Um, and also working with younger athletes, sort of, I kind, kind of prefer the sort of 14, 18-year-olds because the kind of stuff you're teaching them there is, is properly um, life life-changing almost because people get nervous before an exam they get nervous before a meeting or a first date or whatever it is so it's the same stuff that you can teach them in a sporting environment that they can take on to yeah, they have those skills stuff. for life then and uh, totally. people get through an entire uh, lifetime not knowing yeah how 100%. to how to work with their own mind they just don't because Definitely. they've never never had that yeah you know, to learn that stuff so what um, yes, what yeah. tips so we help um i would say we we help mostly businesses that are looking to attract clients within social media and a lot of the time mindset they get when we have conversations with people say why, why aren't you where you need to be and they will know they know it's them that they're, they're sort of yeah. holding themselves back so what sort of I don't know if there's any transferable tips that you could give to these people, but what sort of easy tips could they take away? Like, I don't know, your top three tips that they could do if they're just feeling that they're just stuck in their business, they can't sort of get to the next level and they know it's themselves stopping, but they don't really know why. We, we talk a lot about goal setting in business, don't we? And I'm going to throw a real, um, going to throw a humdinger out there and say, if, you, if you're doing a smart goal, don't bother. It's a waste of time. Smart is the most... Um, it's the most uh, don't get me started on it it's, it just doesn't work it just doesn't work it doesn't um it doesn't get the emotion it doesn't get the it doesn't get the the excitement and the the sensory stuff firing off in your body in order to make it do it so smart was created by three american businessmen back in the mid i think it was mid 80s who were doing some business stuff and they're like we just need to make this a bit more 
we need we need to make something so we can follow a kind of a process as such they yeah. just came up with the word smart so there's no scientific background or knowledge or anything gone into it it's just three blokes probably having a beer going us oh, make it smart why not let's make it specific measurable and and that's where it falls down because um, a lot of the work I do is around communication and language and how we talk to ourselves, how we talk to other people. So I do a lot of, I kind of like looking at dictionary definitions of words and, you know, even the word specific is, well, what is it specific to? There is no metric to measure specific. So how can you Plus, do something that's specific? A lot of people call that word pacific as well What's oh, that yeah. about? that's why i keep that's why i keep away from that word i accidentally yes. like to say it wrong so i i, really cool. I don't that. get wait, why wait, it's wait. a thing because it's just a word that's specific. Yeah. it's like saying mart instead of smart <laughs> nobody yeah. does yeah. that <laughs> so why do i don't know just how it comes out. I, mean, I think it's because you say no well idea. not you say pacific very often do you but anyway you're right yes specific for you could be very different for somebody else. Yeah, totally. So it's a really hard metric to gauge and to measure. Um, so it's, um, you know, and it's got the word achievable in it. So that means you're going to do it because it's achievable. So how are we pushing ourselves? How are we getting out of our comfort zones? How are we working harder and, far, you know, to make it better or easier or quicker? You're so not, for it's you, achievable. Then, it's like, it's, it's really not deep enough, isn't it? It doesn't go to an emotional level because we've used yeah. smart uh, the SMART goals metrics in, in things yep. that we've, I think one of our, um, I think one, did we use it in... Um, a the virtual summit, class. yeah, and the virtual summit that we did. So we, we had that there because it's a, it, like you say, it's yeah. a process and it's something to follow if you. And that's you what know, it is. But, but yeah. what you do then is take it that next level because it's. Sort of, and yeah, I, I guess it's similar to um, Anita and I. We did, we've got a program called Social Media Made Easy, yeah. and when we started it, the first lot was just six weeks, and all it was yeah. was uh, uh, us just telling people what to do. It was literally yeah. like do this, do, bit like smart, really, like yeah. do this, do this, do. It. And then we quickly yeah. realised crap it's not about telling people what to do actually yeah. there's so much more than that so now that that turned to a 90-day program and at the minute now we we let yeah. people be with us for a whole year because actually Fantastic. and there's so many more modules in it now that's to do with the mindset and 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 helping around that side of things because it's not if we we can all just find out what to do uh, that's yeah. relatively easy but why aren't we doing it so yeah so what you're saying exactly. is smart's just not deep enough it's just not yeah as a as a yeah, that's right. And it's not, it doesn't kick into the motivational side of it as well. And mm -hmm. it's like, um, you know, it's achievable. So why am I going to, you know, especially when you're working with people that have got a, you know, you're working with athletes that are doing two, three sessions a day. So they've got to get up and get a, you know, they've got to get a 15 mile run in on a Wednesday morning at five o'clock in the morning to make sure they're back for, you know, if it's, if it's cold and wet and miserable outside, you're not going to get your backside out of bed. Um, or when you get home from work, you then got to go out and stuff like that. So having a goal that is really fundamentally solid and, you know, around what you want to achieve is it, may, it just makes it so much more powerful and just gives people the motivation they need to to go and do it and to get out and do it. But um, you're totally right. It's just smart is a process and there is nothing wrong with with that process. Um, mm. But it's, you know, using it for weight loss and stuff like that. It just doesn't work. It just doesn't. But that's why, you know, and it's the last one's what timely, isn't it? So it's, it's time. So what happens if something happens what happens that you can't you know it's smart says you can't move that time so if you if you don't send your you know your email by five o'clock on a friday then 
you failed and how's that for your self-esteem and your confidence yeah. and all that kind of stuff you know you're giving yourself a kicking because it's not flexible enough and you know stuff happens life gets in the way so we need to be able to adapt and flex and you know work with it rather than fight it and then um and we cause ourselves more stress and anxiety and nerves because we're then going oh christ i can't do it i haven't got enough time and now we I rush should be it better. i should have a load of yeah. shoulds so hey that's yeah. right. Yeah. Feedback's really critical to, to processes. If you're doing a process, are you going down the right track? Because, you know, it's, you know, smart. You don't actually, or if you use smarter, and I always forget what the E and the R are because I'm really not interested in it, I'm afraid. Um, so, <laughs> I don't know what they are. <laughs> I don't know what they are. Is it um, environmental or economic or something like it's, that? It's, um, it's evaluate it's... and reflect. But yeah, so the evaluation is right at the very, very end. And it's like, so what if you, I, I liken it to a sat-nav. So if you jump in the car, um, where you, you, you're less the way, aren't you? So if you jump in the car to go to Scotland now, you've got a couple of options. You can kind of head across, I don't know, the A50, Derby and go up the M6, or you can go straight up the A1 or whatever you want to go but if you're not going to evaluate or kind of reflect or you know review or take any feedback till the very end how do you know you're going the right way because you may have what you may have done is got on the a1 and gone south instead of north and you suddenly find yourself in london but it's not until later on that you actually go oh, i'm going the wrong way um so kind of constant review constant feedback review after every session every week every month to make sure you're on the right steps towards that goal otherwise you might be you might get to friday and you go oh well, I didn't do that. Why didn't I do that? Well, you know, working we the wrong thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's just that kind of stuff needs to be, you know, all review and feedbacks needs to be sort of uh, integral to what you're doing. It's a big part. You know, in the racing world, we literally finish a race. We're straight on the feedback. We're looking at the data. What can we do? How can we go faster, quicker? What can we, you know, where's there time to be had? Where have we lost time? Where have we gained time? And, you know, stuff like that. So it's literally, if they're not in a press if they're not in a press conference, if they haven't finished or they haven't, they've done their, their sort of their corporate media stuff and it's literally straight back in the truck. Let's look at the data. Let's go. Yeah. Um, constant improvers. Continuous. So they don't just leave it till like Monday nope. and just, they just have to get on and review that data. Then straight then. In, yeah. It depending on timetables and schedules. Sometimes you have to yeah. jump on a flight and stuff like that to get to the next one, but it's pretty much as soon as we're finished, it's straight looking at the data. What's the data telling us? How can we go again next time? Quicker, faster. Cause we only have a short window to turn it around with a, a week or two for the next race. So mm. yeah, data feedback, really, really important. And for business as well. Totally. Mm. Um, but a lot of businesses. It's all about just tweaking, you know, trying things, tweaking it, making it better, tweaking it, mate. because you can't just go, OK, I'm going to go from A to Z in one week. You've got to go to B to C and all of that. Yeah, and totally. that's, yeah that's how you and get it's like, um, Yeah, totally. It's like buying a piece of clothing, is it? If you go buy a dress, you'll try it on. You go, actually, it's, it fits OK at the shoulders. It's not so good around the waist or the bum or the legs. or stuff. So you go try another one on. You, you kind of you end up going through a, a few until you get the one that fits and the one that works and that's the same with with processes you have to you have to have a go i don't like using the try word it's really pathetic but um you know you've got to have a go and see what works and then see what the data tells you as to what's working what's not working how you, can you improve it do you need to go quicker slower faster or can you turn whatever it is um and just keep doing it and until you get one that fits and when it fits run with it and away you go mm -hmm. But how do you motivate these 14 to 18 years? So how do you keep them on the path? Because it's the it's the age, isn't it, where they find other things to be interested in. If they were a superstar, you know, potential athlete or whatever they may be, and then actually their other friends are hanging out, got, you know, 
going into the city centre or meeting up or doing this or TikToking? What? Well, how do you keep? I mean, obviously the uh, the parents are paying you, but how do you keep those um, that sort of age range motivated? So that's a really good, really good thing. So I can't motivate anybody. If anybody tells you they're a motivational speaker, they're a motivator, bollocks. You can't do it. You can't motivate. Sorry. You can't motivate anybody. I, I can only inspire them to do something. I can't motivate them. So motivation comes from within. They have to be motivated themselves. So what I do is I give them the tools and the knowledge and understanding of what they want to do. Um, but then tying it in with the goal, and that's where the magic comes from, really, is is the why and the purpose. So making sure their goal is fundamental to what they want to do and why they want to do it. You can give, then give them the hows to make them achieve it. But, yeah, I can't motivate anybody to do anything. Um, you can only inspire. So even putting a gun to their head, it's not going to motivate them. They're either going to run or they're not. Um but I'm sure it will, yeah, it'll kick something off that will make them move. So it's, how do you go about inspiring people then? Again, it all comes back down to their, their whys and their hows and their purpose. You know, what what's their goal? What's their plan? What do they want to achieve? And looking at what it looks like when you do get it, you know, we go into a, a real deep level of, you know, what happens if you get it? What happens if you don't get it? Um, what changes when you get it? What changes when you don't get it? Because sometimes these kids are, you know, they're on the verge of playing in premiership football or, you know, national cricket or rugby or, you know, they're sort of looking at going professional. And then it opens up a world that they're not used to because suddenly they're forced on social media or everything they say on social media is scrutinized and um, they have to be really, really careful. And they've suddenly got fans and they've got people wanting to get to know them and they've got people draining you know, draining their energies because they've got to keep talking to people and being nice. And it's, um, you know, and things like they get home and their room's still a mess because, you know, even though they are Mr. or Mrs. Professional Footballer, yeah. you've still got to tidy Nobody up your own cares. rubbish. Nobody cares. Still got to yeah. <laughs> That's it. your own crap. Yeah. And it's getting stuff like that. And it's it's just the the kind of the attractions it brings of, of, of being at that level is really hard um, mm. for, for some people. And they some people cope with it. Some people don't cope with it yeah. as well. Especially so it's if you're football, of, it's like you don't you sign up to be – I mean, some people take it to it like a, a duck to water. Like yeah. in like Leicester City, we have a um, – a guy called Madison, Jamie Madison. You can tell he loves it. He's a real people's person. He loves yeah. interact. But then there's other ones that, you know, they just like want to play football. They probably don't yeah. want to be on a press conference. They probably don't want all of that. But unfortunately, in this day and age, that that's, comes with it, doesn't it? And it's making yeah, sure the that... job, um, the kind of the job spec has changed so much, hasn't mm. it? Cause it's not just you run 100 metres, you run for nine point whatever seconds and you go home. It's there's a world of stuff around it because mm. we have to be... Yeah, and it's it's all society based. That's the trouble. It's society is has got a lot to answer for. Like Life Emma, what's her name? Easy. Emma, the tennis player. Emma uh, Ranacani. Ranacani. Yeah. When, when like she won that, it's like oh my God, she's a yeah. she's, she's a child. I mean, she handles it really well. But to all yeah. of a sudden be thrown into that that yeah, level totally. of like being known worldwide instantly, yeah. and everybody yeah. wanting a piece of you. It's just, yeah, it's really hard work. So a lot of the stuff we do with young athletes and players and stuff is preparing them for for what's coming and making sure that they're able to cope with it psychologically because um, it's it's properly life changing. It's properly game changing, and mm. you know um, we, we we have a wonderful. Um, sort of scientific equation of e plus r equals o so the event plus your response equals your outcome so a lot of people 
when we talk about event and response or responding to events, they, they talk about a reaction and we get confused between reacting to events and responding to events for a, a, a good outcome. And, you know, you've got to make sure that when you're you're out having a few beers or something and you, you know, something happens, it's that you respond rather than react because you, you'll probably say the wrong thing at the wrong time mm. to the wrong person. And then the next thing you know is the, the Daily Mail's got hold of a headline of yeah. how you called somebody something. And it was you like, you can't believe how stupid some of them can be, though. You know, like I won't say name names, but you know, when you see, like, I, I don't get the paper or anything, but my ex does. So when I go to pick my daughter up and I see, mm. I see like the headline, I think, really yeah. i think that's stupid like you don't go to bed with like two hot blondes on your stag do do you like when and like fall yeah. asleep drunk and then they're taking photos of you and of course like, yeah, it's, how, yeah. so and, what and like, is the trick then to not react and to respond instead oh so the trick is is actually time it's buying yourself time so yeah. the analogy i use it was quite a recent thing here um just outside cambridge there was a, a a normal guy, uh, office worker, out for a few beers with his mates uh, on a Friday night, one o'clock in the morning, uh, this drunk guy comes up and smacks him, hits him in the face. Oh. And he sort of like goes, oh, bloody hell. You know, this is Cambridgeshire, isn't it? It all kicks off. Um, so, yes, yeah, so he, he gets a smack in the face. And his reaction, because he's had, you know, something's happened, it ticks into your, your fight, flight, free. So he's obviously gone into fight mode. And his reaction was just to hit the guy. So he's hit the guy back because he's been punched, rightly, wrongly. Um, so he's hit the guy back. The guy stumbled because he's drunk and he's ended up hitting his head on the curb and subsequently dying from a, a head injury. Oh, my God. So you kind of go, oh, Christ. So this lad who's never said boo to a goose before. Yeah. I'd never done anything wrong, no trouble, no trauma, just a normal nine to five, very grey, you know, a grey person, um, you know, is then doing 10, 13 years in prison for manslaughter. Um, yeah. But the trick is, is because he's reacted and not, and, and okay, alcohol has an impact and it sort of does, um, you know, we talk about um, delusional confidence when you're drunk. <laughs> Um, yeah. everybody everybody becomes superman superwoman but um but yeah he's so he's reacted to the situation and what it, what he should have done or what what we what we teach people to do is to kind of respond rather than react so what you would do in that situation is buy yourself some time which is really hard to do in a conflict but what you kind of do is you would almost you know you could hold the guy or sort of get him in some get him on the ground pin him down to buy yourself time to think right if i hit this guy what's going to happen there's a potential it could go da, da, da. And, and by buying yourself time it gives you more options to kind of think is there a better outcome of this you know and it's, it's very difficult in a fight situation but what's the best yeah. outcome i could get from this and that's the same when you're working with athletes racing drivers or whatever something happens you've got to go right what's the best outcome for me right here right now what can i do what can i influence what can i change you know this is with tactics this is you know and it's and by responding you kind of reduce that fight flight freeze and certainly you know as, as drivers of cars on the road you would you, you would have probably had that red mist where somebody cuts you up and you go you're on the horn and you're like oh, beepity beepity beep um and that red mist takes in and then everything becomes very narrow and it's just all you see is the car and you, you're taken and there's, there's never going to be a good outcome of that so yeah. it's kind of by buying yourself time and giving yourself time to go right 
what's happened this has happened what can i do what's the best what's the worst option what's the best option for me for them everything else so kind of buying yourself time is is really really key and that comes it's the old with, thing of count to 10 isn't it just count to 10 yeah kind of yeah but you just you got to do a little bit quicker than that because 10 seconds in a fight it could be it could be in a world of trouble um but yeah oh, it's, um, or 10 <laughs> not seconds not in many fights <laughs> I'm, all, I'm definitely a flight person fight or flight yeah, I'm out of it yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah and that is my best you know my background you know I say that but you know if somebody was a, about to attack one of my kids then yeah fights yeah, the, it depends the on the situation yeah, so it depends yeah. if it's just yeah. me I'm out of there but if the yeah, kids are there then yeah it's different yeah. isn't it and it's you know with my background in the police we, you know when we talk a lot about knife crime and gun crime and stuff like that and it's like you know what people will say to me you know what's what's your best advice if somebody pulls a knife I'm like just run away just run like just go mm. there's never going to be a good outcome so get away that's it yeah. um but um stuff. and it's also you know it's and it's and you, you're saying about how do we do that in some situations but you know if you're driving a formula one car at 200 odd miles an hour um you've got you've got to be responding really really quickly but that comes with like the mental bandwidth the psychological bandwidth because those guys have driven it's a bit like you cleaning your teeth you, you don't think about it toothpaste toothbrush go you just do it and driving race cars at 200 odd miles an hour is the same as cleaning their teeth yeah. um it's such a thing i watched um top gun yesterday and tom cruise was okay like, don't yeah, think yeah. about it just do it yeah exactly <laughs> yeah because when you're thinking you're slowing yourself down yeah because you're thinking so but that comes with time that comes with um training practice um and, and sort of right, seat yeah. muscle memory yeah so it's doing it a thousand you know it's, it's doing it yeah. over and over and over and over so it becomes really normal and you know it's really slow driving at mm. 200 miles an hour when you're used to it it's normal so you've yeah. got more time to respond to situations so if, if something happens on track you get cut up or you get tapped or hit or whatever you can go right okay what can i do about this yeah. um so everything goes quite slowly for those guys but people think it's whizzing past so it's interesting so Two questions we always ask all of our guests, and I can't wait for the answer because you said you've been thinking about this all weekend, so it's got to be good. Uh, what makes you savvy? And you can take that any way you like. The savvy bit for me is is knowing your stuff. It's knowledge and understanding, isn't it? It's knowing yeah. what you do, how you do it, why you do it. And that's what I do. I think it's that. It's, and I know what I'm, well, I hope I know what I'm doing. I've got away with it for seven years if I don't know what I'm doing. Um But it's it's knowing your stuff, isn't it? And it's it really is knowing your stuff and and I won't say practicing what I preach because I really struggle with this. And if one person's listening to this, when I send it to them, they're just going to laugh. Because one thing I struggle with sometimes is practicing what I preach. I can help everybody all day long, but can I do it to myself? Self-coaching is yeah, really, really hard theme, work. isn't it? It's really, really hard work. So I can do some things really, really confidently. You know, I could stand in a room with, you know, three, four thousand people talking about my mental health journey. No problems at all. But you ask me to ask them if they fancy going out for dinner. It's not happening. Mm. Um, so it depends on the risk and the reward yeah. at the end of it and things like that. So it's fascinating. But yeah, knowing your stuff is, yeah. is, is kind of what makes me savvy. And, and also I say practicing what I preach, but having the experience and background of what i've done so you know working with athletes i've competed at world championships i've competed at a good level i've been there and done it working with racing drivers i race my own race car so i've been there i know what they go through how they do it why they do it a lot of the other sports i've, I've had a go at so i've got a good understanding of what's involved as as much as the sport is irrelevant like i said earlier but just having that that same that same kind of language really you know golfers speak in a certain thing about things don't they and footballers talk about 
volleys and you know whatever else it's yeah. um having a, a good under good knowledge and understanding and um really really helps to be savvy yeah. yeah it's just put it into practice but don't get me wrong i'm not I, I don't practice everything I preach. This is it, isn't it? It'd be really boring. Uh, yeah. If I, if yeah. 44 years old, if I've cracked it, I've got a very dull few years ahead. So um, yeah, every day is a learning and being open to being coached to learning um, feedback and talking is mm. the big thing I do in every relationship work. It, talking is really, really key about everything. Um, yeah. That's powerful. We, we don't talk enough. I'm afraid. Um, mm. So, yeah, I'm even, you know, Friday night, three hours chatting just about life stuff. But you get so much out of that of, to help you know and understand who you're working with, what you're doing and stuff like that. So talking is is really, really powerful. Communication is key. And on that note, I guess, uh, can you recommend a good book? So like a development book, a self-help book, a business book, something that's really inspired yeah. you? Yeah. This one was really easy. I didn't even have to. Th I spent too long thinking about the savvy bit. Mm. Um, yeah, so there's a really good book, which I love, uh, called The Business of Winning by Mark Gallagher. Uh, yeah, it's very good. It's very it's Formula One based. Um, but Mark Gallagher was um, he worked with Eddie Jordan when Jordan Racing were around and he was part of their sort of marketing and advertising and stuff like that and communications. Um, and he's, he's kind of written a really good book around how the learnings that businesses can take from Formula One around how they do things, why they do things, you know, why Ferrari race cars, red and white. And it all comes down to the, the because they're still heavily sponsored by Marlborough which not a lot oh, of people right. would know. Oh, right. So, um, so, so there's the subliminal messaging of the yeah. advertising and the colour that, you know, you'll see the red and the, the sort of the, the, the V and I don't know why I'm doing that. Nobody can see it, but the V and the huh. diamond. So, you know, there's still a heavy, there's still a heavy influence from that, from that world of sponsorship that doesn't exist anymore, but the message is still out there through the, yeah. the colouring and the graphics and the way they're, they're marketed. So, but yeah, really, really, it talks a lot about, um, psychological safety which is really powerful in business as well to get people communicating right and safely or communicating safely uh, which is really really powerful learning but yeah really really good book he's a really good guy how can people find you then obviously we know you're on tiktok but you don't really do many videos yet so what what's your preferred way of people finding you just um at athlete in mind it's really simple yeah at athlete in mind or www.athleteinmind.co.uk uh, you can find me there if you're enjoying marketing made easy the podcast from get savvy club use your podcast app to rate review and subscribe awesome so that was a great interview with andrew thank you so much for coming on with us um as always if you want to be in with a shout of winning the book that andrew recommended all you need to do get your phones out now screenshot that you're listening to this particular episode go to i think instagram's the easiest place to do this but anyways it's going to be any social media platform go to instagram shove it on your story tag us in and you can be in with a shout of winning that book as well as always got a question to answer um at the end of the guest episodes one and a question that i got asked uh, the other day actually was about what do you do when you're working with a client um, and they're not following what, like you've basically given them X, Y, Z to do and they ain't doing X, Y, Z. They're doing A, B, C. What do you suggest to do? Now, this is not necessarily all in social media related, but we do work with a lot of coaches and we help them work out who their ideal client is and be making sure that they're attracting and only working with those. So I would say 
there's lots of factors why people aren't following through on what you've coached, discussed and gone ahead and done. I do believe pricing is a huge factor. What's that saying around attention and paying? Like, uh, you pay, that's it. You pay more attention when you pay, which you do. If you were to spend 50% of what you are earning on a coach, then you're going to make sure that the work you're doing with that coach is enabling you to make even more money to, to make it viable. You're going to show up. You're going to care more. You're going to, as, as we said in that quote, pay attention. So have a think about are these particular clients because you know if they're only if they're not paying you too much um and they're part of a they're part of a group there's not a lot you can do about it for example we have a group program and uh everybody's in there together we can't force people to turn up to the group sessions that happen twice a month and then if they don't get results or you see them doing the complete opposite of what you're trying to train them to do then we don't need to feel bad about that because the resources are there they're just not tapping into it perhaps they're not paying enough to pay attention enough for it. But then if you are more one-to-one with them, you've got to try and ask the questions and ascertain why that may be. But more often than not, it's because the pricing, they haven't paid enough. They haven't paid enough to warrant paying attention. So just think about that, bit of a nugget. Do you know what? That could actually be a um, gets a get quickie episode at some point, couldn't it, going into that? But anyways, have a great rest of the day. Probably see you on the next podcast. If you need us, you feel free to reach out to us on any of the social media platforms or indeed email us um, info at getsavvyclub.co.uk. See you soon. Bye. That was Marketing Made Easy, the podcast from Get Savvy Club. If you enjoyed it, connect with us on social media. Just search Get Savvy Club.